I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. How do I overcome laziness in my prayer life? What a great question and one I know I have struggled with in my own life from time to time for sure. Actually, I think it would be more correct to say I've struggled with laziness in all of my spiritual disciplines from time to time, not just prayer, but also reading the Bible, serving others, worshiping, giving thanks, you name it, and I've had struggles with it. Right before my first son was born, we found ourselves without a church home. We lived a little over an hour away from our home, and my husband was working, well, he still does, work crazy shift work hours because he had no seniority at the time. And the people at our old church had very much been our support system in many ways leading up to the birth of our first son. It was a jarring exit from the church at a time when I was very pregnant with my mom and my mother-in-law an hour away and no longer getting the wisdom of the women who had been advising me on all things motherhood up to that point. We spent the summer attending a tiny campground church service at the lake where my in-laws were camping all summer. And then after our oldest son was born and I was feeling confident enough to get out of the house on my own, we started visiting churches. Of course, because my husband worked shift work, there were and still are at least two Sundays a month when he couldn't go with me. I remember one morning in particular having a conversation with myself, or maybe it was with God, as I drove to yet another new church with baby in tow. I distinctly remember thinking it would be so much easier to just stay home. Sometimes our laziness really is just because it's easier not to do what we know we should do. So if you're asking this question, my friend, you are not alone I'm excited to share on this topic with you, and we're going to focus on Galatians 5.13 to do it. But before we dive in, I want to say hello to my Tuesday co-host, Stacy Thacker. Stacy, what's new there in Florida? Hey, Brooke. Hey, friends. What's new in Florida? Well, that's a great question. You know, I do have something new to share. I have a new job. Um, I started this past month um, as the women's ministry director at my church. So it is very exciting, very overwhelming, but all the things that my heart really gravitates towards, which is the word and spending time and connecting with women, encouraging them, coming alongside them. I am having the best time, but also it's a whole new area of responsibility for me. And so this conversation about laziness is really interesting because even though I feel busier, there's certainly areas in my life that I really want to gravitate towards laziness because I'm tired. Let's just be honest. We were just talking about that before we started. So um, so that's kind of what's new in my neck of the woods. Brooke, what about you? What's going on with you? Oh, we're in the throes of basketball season here. And my oldest son is, I don't know if I've talked about this real publicly, but my oldest son back in the fall, back in 
I don't know, like maybe September, beginning of September, actually broke his elbow throwing a baseball. He was making a routine throw from shortstop to first base, something he's done. Gosh, I couldn't even count the number of times he's done that in his baseball career. And uh, when he did that, the ligament in his elbow pulled bone from bone and it actually broke. I remember calling his baseball coach and saying, hey, coach, his arm is broken. He was like, he broke his elbow throwing a baseball? (laughs) Yes, he did. This makes me hurt. I know. This makes me hurt. Yes. And so we have spent the entire rest of the fall and all of winter. And now, you know, spring is, well, we're not there yet, but it's coming. Um, He's been working super, super hard all this time to try and get ready for his senior year of baseball and to play baseball in a collegiate league this summer and then to play in a JUCO college league in the fall. And so he's super excited, but we have really been working hard on all of that, getting him where he needs to go and all the basketball stuff for our younger son. So I feel like somebody said, um, do you remember that? Was it a Will Smith? I hope it's okay to talk about him a little bit here, but um, was it a Will Smith? song that has a line in it that says on the playground is where I spent most of my days. It was like the, uh, what's the, what's the fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of the the song to that. Right. So I saw somebody post a meme the other day that said on the bleachers is where I spent most of my days. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly, that's it. That's That's exactly it. But I know because these days are growing shorter that you are cherishing those bleacher days. And I'm so glad he's getting to play. I mean, that's a huge thing. And I'm glad he's at where he is in his recovery. So so I know that those days are bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So enjoy and wipe away the tears. I know those are coming, um, having been through the launching and the big season of last for your, your mm-hmm. oldest there. You know, I know that's a bittersweet time. So, um, but as we're talking about today's conversation, I want us to go ahead and dive in because we know these mamas are busy girls and we want to make sure we get to this amazing question that I really am excited to hear what you have to say about it. So we're answering the question, how do I overcome laziness? This one feels painful, Brooke. (laughs) How do I overcome laziness in my prayer life? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I remember thinking when I read this one, again, Stacey, just as a reminder, these are real questions that I have been collecting from Million Praying Moms, followers, readers, listeners, whatever, for years now. Like I have a whole file of of all of these questions that I've just been collecting. And so, you know, there's a mama out there somewhere that is really struggling with feeling like she's just being lazy in her prayer life. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the question that I asked years ago in the survey that I did as I was writing the Praying Mom book, I sent it out to a group of women, a large group of women who the assumption was that they were believers, right? The assumption is that you're coming and you're listening to this because you have some experience as a believer, as a Christian. And so the question that I asked them was, if you believe you should be praying, but you're not, why? And I got thousands of answers back on that. And it became the book that is now Praying Mom, Making Prayer the First and Best Response to Motherhood. But it reminded me of that because this mom who's asking this question, this woman who is asking this question, you know, the way that she phrased it indicates to me that she knows she should be. She knows she should be praying, but she's not. And so I think the answer to this could be two parts. And so I'm just going to start with Galatians 5.13, and then we'll move on from there. Ooh, let me read that for us. Let's read this. This is from the NIV. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. 
but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So if you guys have been listening for any length of time, and you know this too, Stacey, I really love the ESV version of the Bible and have recently been really loving the CSB version of the Bible. But I chose to look at this verse today in the NIV, which is is what I grew up with, actually. My first Bible and the one I used all through my teenage and early college years was an NIV because I like the way it words this verse. It says, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Other versions say um, as occasions for the flesh, but there's something about the word indulge that really just grabbed me here. In my Sunday school class, my husband and I go to a, a couple's Sunday school class at our church. We have been going through Paul David Tripp's marriage study called What Did You Expect? I highly recommend it. It's great for Valentine's Day. Like if your Sunday school is looking for or your your home group or whatever is looking for a study for for couples, it's great. And Paul David Tripp is really funny, but he is also extremely knowledgeable in in dividing the word. So I highly recommend him. But a few weeks ago, we camped on the entire passage from Galatians 5, 13 through 15. But it was as I was listening to him read verse 13 that I heard the word indulge. And I felt really convicted on a personal level. He was talking about marriage. I felt convicted just of the word indulge. Lots of people choose words to theme their new year. Like we're still kind of on the the beginning of of the new year. Lots of people do that toward the end of a, a closing of a year or the beginning of a new year. But in that moment, I felt like God was giving me kind of the anti-word or the phrase that I needed to quit doing in my life. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. And I have to tell you, like I have been saying this over myself as we've gone through these first you know, couple months of, of the new year. I'll look at the bowl of Hershey Kisses on the table and I will want them. And I don't mean I just want one. Like, I want to have what my what my uh, husband refers to as a kissy fit, not a hissy fit, a kissy fit. That's what he calls it. When we have too many Hershey's kisses, <laughs> I want to have a kissy fit. And and I look at that bowl and I say, do not indulge. <laughs> do not indulge. Don't use your freedom, Brooke. You can have a Hershey kiss, but don't use it to indulge the flesh. And I do this all the time, Stacey. I indulge in too many Hershey kisses. Okay. And possibly like this one hurts a little bit, maybe too much coffee, too much Netflix. We were just talking about Gilmore Girls before we went live today. Too much self-centeredness, too much me, 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 and not near enough of the rest of that verse that says, rather serve one another humbly in love. Today's episode is brought to you by our Pray the Word calendar, a monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendar designed to take the how-to and the what-to out of praying God's word for your family. If you want to be a praying mom but don't know how to pray or what to pray or just struggle to find the time to figure it all out, this is for you. Available only to our Patreon members, Pray the Word calendars are exactly what they sound like. Each month, our members get a brand new printable prayer calendar that leads them in praying through an entire book of the Bible. Starting in March, we'll be praying through the third part of the book of Psalms, chapters 73 through 106. Don't worry if you miss the first and second part of the Psalms. You can get access to all of our prayer calendars when you join. 
Get your 25-day Psalms prayer calendar right away and watch the power of God begin to move in your life. You can find the link in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Well, I can't identify with any of that at all. So I'm just going to go to the wordy definition. We're just going to skirt over that one really quickly. Um, The word, you know, we love words around here. Um, Let's dive in. The word indulge means to allow oneself to enjoy the pleasure of something, which seems like a good thing. Or I mean, it can be, it can also mean to become involved in an activity, typically one that is undesirable or disapproved of, which seems bad. So indulging can be good. And it can be bad. This is not confusing at all, but I know you're going to help us understand this. So just like anything, I think we can say almost everything that God intends for good can be used for evil. So let's talk about that, Brooke, because I don't want us to come into this going, well, is indulging good or bad? Give us your best answer as it pertains to being lazy in spiritual disciplines and specifically in prayer. How does Mm -hmm. this play out for us? Right. So I think the good side of indulge is that, um, well, when, when we were talking about it in our Sunday school class, some of the things that we threw out there was that it's never wrong to indulge in our relationship with the Lord, to consider the relationship that we have with the Lord, to enjoy the pleasure of it, right? If that's the definition of indulge, then it's never wrong to do that. And so, um, you know, there are specific things that I think God would have us indulge in. It's never wrong to take delight in God's word or to take delight or enjoy prayer or to really enjoy or take pleasure in being a part of the body of Christ. There's lots of things. There's, it's not wrong to indulge or take pleasure in your marriage or your children, but just like anything that God purposes for good, it can also be used for bad. So in the context of our Sunday school class, Paul was teaching that indulging the sinful nature is destructive to our our marriages. So like this me, 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 always me, I just care about me. That is clearly destructive to the relationship that we have within our marriages. But when I was preparing for this question today, it struck me that this might just be at the heart of why we're lazy in our prayers or really any other spiritual discipline. Because the things that are important to us are more important to us than the things that are important to God. When that happens, that means that we're indulging in the sinful nature. Taking the God-given freedom that we have as an opportunity for the flesh. God gives us so much freedom in our relationship with Him, but when we abuse it, He gives us freedom not just in our relationship with Him, but in our lives. There is nothing in the Bible that says, I can't have a Hershey kiss, right? I don't think it's sinful necessarily for me to have a Hershey kiss, but is it sinful for me to have 20 of them? Maybe, maybe it is, but that's what we're doing. We're taking that God-given freedom and using it as an opportunity for the flesh. And that's exactly what I was doing in my story that I shared at the beginning today about thinking it might just be easier to stay home with my new infant than make the effort to get to church. And I don't mean to downplay in any way the fact that having a newborn is hard or that it's even harder when you're doing it alone. I understand that. I was not a single mom, but I often felt like a single mom when I had to do a lot of things on my own because my husband was working. Had I listened to that voice, I would have been caring more about my own ease, what was easiest for me, than I would have been about following God's will. Mm. 
That's that's good. I, I think one of the things that I want to make sure that we're communicating is that we don't want to be legalistic with our prayers, like we, you know, that it becomes a thing that we do, but we do have to pray. Like that's part of our communication. That's part of our connection to the Lord. And I've always heard, and I, and I truly believe this, that if something is important to you, that you make time for it. The, the things that are a priority, you're going to figure out how to do it. Just as I said, I started a new full-time job. And so I'm really in a learning curve right now. My schedule is completely flipped upside down. And so we understand that there's going to be kind of like a shifting, but also we know when we've crossed that line to being like, oh, you know what? That's important to me. I need to figure out how to make sure that that is happening in my day. Mm -hmm. And so I think we want to make sure that we're not communicating legalism, but that we say, hey, if this is important, I think it applies that we're going to find time to do it and we're going to resist the indulgent, lazy lifestyle because it's hard. Yeah. Is that what I think I'm hearing correctly? Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember my first job, actually, it was my practicum. I was still in the midst of my master's, so I hadn't graduated yet. But it was my first full-time job as well. And it was in ministry. I worked in crisis pregnancy ministry for a long time. And I remember the first few months of that, just I felt like I was pouring out and pouring out and pouring out in what were serious life and death situations, right? Like there were times when there was a very real darkness and battle that happened in those counseling rooms. I'm not talking about battling with clients, but just battling, you know, for the heart of someone. I was depleted very quickly is what I found because I was having to get up earlier and get to work earlier. And, and I was tired, mentally tired when I got home from the day. I kind of allowed the time that I spent in God's word to get put on the back burner. Even though I was doing work that I felt like was God's work, right? I felt like this is what God has called me to do. This is ministry. I'm doing I was doing great work for the Lord, but I was neglecting my own spiritual health. And it didn't take me very long at all to realize that if I was going to continue like that, I wasn't going to have anything left over to give to anybody. And so I think that's what we're talking about. It's not that we're trying to tell you to add one more thing to your spiritual to-do list. It's that we're telling you, you can't be who God wants you to be in this world if you are not pouring his word back into you and talking to him. If you don't have relationship with him in which you're communicating with him, you're not going to be able to be who God's called you to be in this world. And so from that perspective, you have to pray. Again, it's not a checklist. It's a sister, you've got to. If you really want to be what God has called you to be, you simply have to pray. And I think maybe underneath it all, the reason that we do this, the reason that we choose not to pray is because we simply love ourselves more than we love God. And and I want to explain that within the context of what I just said. I was doing ministry. And so you could look at what I was doing on the surface and say, well, she wasn't loving herself. She was clearly loving the Lord. She was getting up just like you're doing now, Stacey, getting up, going to church, serving the women there. But if you neglect to pour God's word back into yourself, in some ways you are loving yourself more than you love God. I think it was George Mueller, my man, George Mueller, that I come back to all the time. And I won't get this quote 
exactly right. But I think he said something to the effect of the servant of God must not believe they will ever do anything of much worth for the kingdom of God if they do not spend time with him first. And I, I think that's what I'm talking about. You can do, 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 do. But what, and it might even look like you're doing great things for the kingdom on the outside. But if you're not spending time with the Lord, you're not actually accomplishing a whole lot for his kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'm just going to say it's a little bit painful. And that's okay because, because, because we can ask these hard questions. I think really we have to be willing to say, is this me loving myself? more than I love God. And that's, that's a question we, you know, that's, we have to take the time to kind of process that on our own. But Brooke, you said there's a second part to this mm-hmm. answer. And I would love to hear as we're, we're moving towards the end of the episode, what is the second part of this answer for the question? How, how do I not be lazy in my prayer life? Yeah, it plays off of exactly what you just said. You said we have to kind of do that work and ask ourselves that question. So if you're in a place where you're feeling lazy with your prayers, and I would just say, be honest about it. Like there's no shame in it. If you're being lazy, you're being lazy. So just just admit it. You know, the first step is admitting there's a problem, right? Do the work of asking yourself why that's happening in your life. Maybe it's just like I have been before that you're in a season where you really are choosing. And, and I would say it is a choice. Um, you're choosing to love yourself more than you love God. And if you can admit that and confess it, then God can work with it. Or maybe there's something else at the root of your laziness. And this is the part that I want to I want to camp on just for a second. Maybe you're angry with God for not answering a prayer the way you thought he should have. Maybe you're frustrated because you can't see God working through your prayers. Maybe you're a little jealous because God seems to be answering everyone's prayers but yours. These are all valid root causes of laziness in prayer, and they all deserve to be considered as you pray through what's causing it. And if any of those struck a nerve with you, if you think maybe there is something a little bit deeper to why you're choosing not to prioritize prayer in your life. There's a podcast episode here on Million Praying Moms for each one of those and more to help you sort through understanding what you're feeling and getting some answers for your questions about prayer. So we will link to those in the show notes in case we struck a nerve with those. I can't help but think, Brooke, as we're um, in the month of February, that we we focus a lot on love and we we think it's kind of the love month, right? And I think every one of us, um, really, we want to love God more than we love anything else, especially our own hearts. And so sometimes laziness can creep in and the enemy will use it um, in a way that is really hard to recognize. And so I understand, and I, and I hesitate to say, I hope you enjoyed today's episode because this is one of those that we go, oh man, I need to kind of think through that one and I need to do some interior work. But if we are going to be women who love God first and most, um, we need to ask tough questions. And I'm glad you're here to lead us through it. So thanks so much for being with us. Um, We are taking these um, episodes to answer your questions about prayer. And you can find the links to everything we mentioned today in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. 
Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com.